What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Another week, another Three Things podcast. This is a solo cast. Full disclosure, your boy got a brand new microphone and I had to break it in, all the settings and different things like that. So this was the I got a new microphone obligatory solo cast. Uh, great questions from the Instagram, some some buddies, just questions on um, really like, can I eat too much protein if I go to the gym, uh, return to performance for the quarantined or injured athlete, and uh, just my thoughts on podcasts and kind of where I'm at with pods right now and what uh, I'm listening to and what I like and what I look for in podcasts. And then I do go on a little mini rant at the end. So if you don't want to hear the rant, don't listen to the end. But I go on a rant about calories burned and working out. Something that I've just had a lot of conversations with clients and people in the gym lately. So um, I threw in that tidbit. Probably the rantiest I'll ever get on this podcast. So uh, yeah, that's there. And I, you know, I'm not going to apologize for it. But it does exist for the last like five minutes of this podcast. So if you don't want to hear it, just end it after the pods. If you want to hear the rant, if you want to hear, if you agree with it, let me know. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the pod today. So before we get into it, uh, you know I got to remind you if you head over to PurposefulStrength.com, www.PurposefulStrength.com, there's a whole bunch of other goodies over there for you. We've got a free newsletter. We've got two free programs on the website, two free programs, peeps. We've got one based off of sprinting. If you are like a return to performance um, kind of person who is looking to ramp up their speed training, it's warm outside, you're trying to get outside and get some running in, check that program out for weeks to a faster you. And then if you've listened to this pod, if you check out the website, you know, there's three workouts for when you don't want to work out. Um, those are two free downloads that are located on the purposeful strength website. Definitely check them out. They're worth your while and they're free, you know, like just check them out. You don't have to, you know, it literally doesn't cost you anything. You go right to the website, click and download. So, um, yeah, you know, I appreciate you guys trying to put out some, some different things on the site that people will find useful. So check them out, PurposefulStrength.com, links in the show notes, and enjoy listening to more of me on the other side of the music. breaking it in so if it sounds like trash it's probably because I have no idea how to adjust the volume or the gain or anything like that but I have finally leveled up after an on and off stint of probably gosh three years now of doing the podcast I have a new microphone so we're gonna give it a go I figured the only way to break it in is to actually break it in so uh solo podcast hopefully this one has come after um my guy, John Moljo, and my other guy, Rob Aguero Hoffman. So you guys are stuck with me this week, but uh, I've got some listener, friend, Q&A, slash, just questions that people have asked, um, and a couple other things that I just wanted to talk about because it's my podcast and I guess I can do that. So um, number one, this was a Q&A question, and I think... Um, you know, it's a, it's a really good question. I've been kind of on a, on a more nu- of a nutrition kick. I'm not like a registered dietitian. I hardly would consider myself a, a fake nutritionist or anything like that. But one thing that I think that a lot of personal trainers do and, and can get really good at is just helping people adjust their habits for better nutrition. And, and if you have like any sort of 
specific metabolic disease, if you have an autoimmune disorder or diabetes or something like that, then you know you need to be working with a registered dietitian, someone who is medically qualified to help you um, with that condition. But if you're someone, and I'd say I'm one of those people who just want to eat healthy, feel good, feel better about themselves, better about their choices, and and just make more educational choices in their day-to-day, then a personal trainer and someone who's more qualified in the fitness realm is definitely someone who can do that. Um, So I have a really good question from one of the kids at the gym, one of our athletes here. uh, Creating a balanced gym diet, some people only eat protein, such as me. And I've got two thoughts on this. One, I think that when people say I only eat blank or I'm only eating blank, they're kind of missing, they're, they're missing something. Something's going on because there's no way you could eat just entirely all protein. I know keto, 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 whatever you're eating, high fat, high protein. But even in that case, you're getting two of the three macronutrients. And, and anyone listening to this that doesn't know what a macronutrient is, that's carbohydrates, protein, and fats, um, kind of the big block items as far as a category goes, macronutrients. So it, I think that that's that's all fair and well. Like if I I told someone, oh, I only eat protein. Well, maybe you just favor protein more than other things because you like to eat meat sources or you like to eat, um, you know, eggs or maybe you drink a couple extra protein shakes a day or something like that. And I'm not here to say what food types are better than the other, but I think that when you look at the question specifically and sort of creating a balanced gym diet, and this is for kind of, the average person, right? The average Joe's. I've found that most people, when you try to cater your eating to exercise level, you're missing a couple things. One, you're probably not working out as hard as you think. And you don't necessarily need to adjust your diet accordingly. And the second thing is when you look at a proper diet, proper amount of calories, you're taking in activity level into that number. So to statically say that you should be eating 2,200 calories a day without looking into any type of activity level is inherently wrong. That's not your number, right? So if you're saying, I don't go to the gym, I don't work out, the only thing I might do is take my dog for a walk. I mean, that's exercise. You're taking that into consideration, but that dog walk is maybe 20 to 30 minutes. You really don't need to make any caloric adjustments to what your uh, normal basal metabolic rate, which is uh, just the reference of the number of calories your body needs to survive, you probably don't need to really monitor too much of that um, as far as total calories go. Now, if you're um, an adolescent teenager, which is a population that I work out with quite frequently, and you're um, playing sports nine to 12 months of the year, and you're working out, and you're basically doing something five days a week, plus you're a growing body, yeah, your caloric needs are going to be a little bit higher. And at that point, you probably have so many other things going on in your life, school, practice, etc., things that actually inhibit your ability to eat eat on a regular schedule, then you're really looking now at being more of a special case and just figuring out ways to get calorie dense food into your diet. So to take a shot at answering the question, finally, after a long winded answer, long winded explanation here, creating a balanced gym diet. Some people only eat protein. Good. Keep eating protein. You're an athlete. That's what you want. 
high caloric numbers of protein, like getting calories from a protein source is going to be great. Very rarely is a protein source just protein, right? If you're thinking eggs, it's a protein and a fat source. If you're thinking steak, meat, there's probably going to be some type of um, fat source tied in there as well and accompanying carbohydrate, right? Like if you're a psychopath and you eat your burgers without a bun, um, then yeah, you're a psychopath. But a lot of times there's easy carb pairings with that. And just because it may not feel like you're eating a lot of carbohydrates or it may not feel like you're getting a lot of macronutrients, nine out of 10 times when I'm working with someone, I prioritize two numbers. Number, 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 number one, number one is what's your total caloric intake? Let's figure that number out. What should it be? What are you doing average, right? Like what are you getting on a day-to-day basis? Um, you know, and I love the old adage, like I was this person, oh, I need two two weekdays and a weekend day. Well, yeah, you, you'd be surprised that um, people maybe go off the, the res a little bit on the weekends, but I think like rather than dial up what you're doing on the weekends, I think we can look at habits surrounding there. That's probably a podcast question for a different day and time. But what we really want to really focus on doing is getting what that total number of calories is. How many are you eating on a day to day? And two, how many grams of protein are you consuming? If you can do those two numbers well, right? If you can hit your protein intake, if you can hit your calorie number, then everything else kind of works itself out, especially if you're an athlete who isn't necessarily looking to uh, lose weight, but rather build muscle and and eventually hopefully gain weight. But the more I find puberty and and different adolescence um, hormonal factors are going to play a huge role in weight gain. Um, yes, obviously food does, but if you're 12, if you're 14, 16, 18, there's so much, uh, hormonal metabolic stuff going on in the body that that also will contribute into any sort of muscle building and weight loss as well. So weight loss, weight gain. So I don't want to categorize everything as weight loss. If you're a average Joe, like I am now, you know, someone who just works out three to five ish days a week, you know, like. It's kind of intense workouts, but it's really more so for me to just get some physical outlet rather than to, you know, I mean, this is my new pet peeve is this adage of like, I'm going to exercise to burn calories to put myself in a calorie deficit. It doesn't really work like that, but um, it can help, but you should be focusing on your calories for calorie deficit, not exercise to elicit a calorie deficit. I digress. Um, you know, those two numbers really hold true. What are your total numbers of calories and how many grams of protein are you eating? Because that that protein synthesis is important, especially for building and maintaining muscle and building lean tissue, which can improve your basal metabolic rate, which can help you burn more calories because your body will need more calories. So in creating a balanced diet, if you have a metabolic condition, work with a registered dietitian. If you are someone who, um, you know, has been going to the gym, keep prioritizing protein. Keep doing that. So if you're telling me you only eat protein, great. You're doing awesome. Let's let's just figure out how many grams that is. So there isn't really an answer to that question. Long-winded. Um, eight minutes in, what's up? But that's good. Prioritize protein and see how many grams you eat a day. And we'll go from there. Uh, let me grab a, a drink here. I've got an elite seltzer, an elite seltzer. Um, this is the seltzer aids. This is coconut limeade and anything with coconut is elite. That's what I'm going with. Anything with coconut I'm here for. 
We'll see how good this microphone is if it didn't just catch me drinking that. So great question from Coach Shannon Bouvier, podcast guest Shannon Bouvier. If you haven't listened to Shannon's podcast, go back. I believe she's actually in like the top four most downloaded podcasts. Um, Shannon's an athletic trainer turned performance coach now turned nursing school, hopefully orthopedic nurse, um, which is an amazing um, complement of athletic training performance and now like the more medical side with orthopedics. So um, really cool to see her growth. Shannon Bouvier, if you're listening to this podcast, huge shout out. Um, let's do round two soon. Um, return to performance for the quarantined athlete. This was actually, I did a great, had a great conversation when we were in quarantine in 2020 with Dan Ellis, our physical therapist. And one of the key things that really came up from that conversation that I keep honing forward with athletes and individuals is that less is more like, like whatever you think less is cut it in half. Right. And the idea is when you're returning to performance, when you're returning from injury, when you're just, even if you're someone who's been going to the gym twice a week and you're looking to increase it to three plus times a week, let's say you're just going from two to three times a week, you want to put yourself in a situation where when you start to train, you're able to train again with frequency, right? And I think when you look specifically at a quarantine athlete, if you're someone who has been chilling for months at a time, right? Weeks at a time, you figure something like a sprained ankle can set you back a minimum of six weeks, let alone a government mandated quarantine suite. We'll leave it at that. But when you start to return to performance or return to the gym or return to activities, the goal and the mindset should be, and this is where I've had really good luck with clients and athletes that I'm working with is it should be easy. It should be so easy that after you're done, you feel like you can do it again. And then you do go back and do it again, right? So if you look at a week and say you're, you're going to the gym on Monday, that should be so, it should just, you should go in and do whatever. I'm not going to talk about the semantics of the workout right now, but your training session should be something that is, is appropriate. I'll say less, I'll say less intense, not necessarily appropriate, but less intense so that you can go back on Tuesday and do it again. And then you can go back on Wednesday and do it again. And then Thursday and do it again. And Friday and do it again. If you've been in quarantine or if you've been laid up with an injury, excuse me, I burped to see if the, the microphone picked that one up. This is going to be fun. This is really a podcast for me, testing out the microphone, not for the people, but it is always for the people. But if you're someone returning from injury, returning from quarantine, and you work out so hard on day one that you have to take three to five days off because you jacked yourself up and you are so sore you, one, can't get back into the gym or two, you have no motivation to get into the gym. You're just back in square one. You're just back into this quarantined place or you're back in this, this laid up position. So the goal should be and the mindset should be not, well, I need to catch up on lost time because that's awful. You do not need to catch up on lost time. I guarantee it's not as bad as you think, right? It's not as bad. You, you're coming back. Like you're in the mindset you want to come back. So something positive is happening there within itself. But you want to make sure you are able to train with frequency. That should be the return of performance for a quarantine athlete. Whatever you're doing should allow you to do it or give you the opportunity to do it four, five, six times a week. And then from there you can ramp up intensity, something you can do 
three, four, five times a week, and then something you can do two, three, four times a week, right? Like that's the idea. If you want to get back to training three, four times a week, you should start with the intensity that allows you to train seven days a week and then work up from there. So that's my thoughts on return to performance for a quarantine or injury. Um, exposure is going to be the king. Exposure is what you need to be focusing on um, and something that I think gets pushed to the wayside because everyone has the I need it all right now mentality. And that's not necessarily um, you know, the right the right thought process in my, my belief is if you're returning after a a set duration, you got to take the time and you got to build the foundation. And that foundation is typically built with low intensity exercise. So that's a positive. That's a positive. If you jump right to the top of the pyramid, bad things are going to happen. Great question, coach Shannon. Um, and this is a good one, Michelle Kenya, I believe is how you say it. What podcast do I listen to? Now this is not a sciencey question. I don't want it to be, but here's where I'm at with podcasts because I've been kind of, I don't say in a rut lately. I mean, I've been in a rut lately, but, um, one of the things I listen to podcasts for is actually pure entertainment. So one thing that I like in podcasts, I like interviews. You'll notice that the style format of this podcast, shout out three things podcast is me asking questions and getting perspective from an individual. Right. And it's, and it's, entertainment. I don't think anyone listens to this podcast and is like, wow, I just learned like this whole new technique and format. That's not necessarily the point. I don't think really the podcast platform is where you're going to get um, like a full scale educational knowledge. Will you get educational tidbits? Absolutely. Are there little nuggets dropped in this podcast? For sure. That's the point. There are little nuggets that spark your interest into other topics. I, I definitely think that um, if you can listen to a podcast, pull out a singular nugget that causes you to hit the Google machine and want to learn more about that nugget, that podcast was worthwhile, right? I also think if you listen to a podcast and you laugh and you smile, then that podcast served its purpose. And I know for me personally, I like to listen to podcasts that one, have high entertainment value. So I love uh, Barstool Sports, part of my take. It's like X-rated Sports Center. I love that. I think it's very relatable to the average um, like sports fan. Um, they say what we all think and they, they do a really fun job of making it comical. So as far as entertainment goes, that's really where I'm looking at is things that are um, – you know, going to make me laugh, going to make me smile like comedy in a way. Um, as far as education goes, I've loved in the past, I go through phases. So I use the past tense on that. I've loved the Mike Reinald podcast, very short, typically seven to 15 minutes. Um, like a car ride, a car ride podcast. Uh, I enjoy the strength action podcast. Shout out strength action. Mike Connolly is hosting that sucker right now. The strength action podcast is phenomenal. Um, I have enjoyed, on a business sense, The Corp, which is a podcast that um, is hosted by Barstool, but it's actually, um, it's it's Big Cat, so Dan Katz and um, A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez, are the two main hosts. It's, it's published through, I should say, it's published through Barstool, but um, that's a really good podcast. They actually interview a lot of business um, and successful minds in business, so... I think it's just a really cool podcast to hear perspective 
Um, those are the other types of podcasts that I enjoy is just people sharing per- perspective and different thought processes. Business for Unicorns, uh, Michael Keeler, Mark Fisher, those are that's a phenomenal podcast and it's really well produced. I'm not biased as far as if that podcast sounds like trash, I won't listen to it, but it definitely helps when you have someone who has a well-published audio podcast and, and you know, Business for Unicorn podcast, they're based out of New York City and they've got some great connections to a recording studio and whatnot. It's, it's nice. Um, part of the reason why I upgraded my microphone, you know, just wanted to make it sound a little bit better for the people. So... Business for Unicorns is probably one of the more quote-unquote educational things that I listen to, Um, but again, it's just getting perspective, and taking that one step further, um, Business for Unicorn does a really good job of bringing in people from outside of the fitness industry, and I think that's where podcasts can do a really good job. If you're someone in a certain industry, I'll use myself for example, personal trainer, Podcasts are a great way to dabble outside of your industry to get the perspective on real estate, on marketing, on digital commerce, um, you know, what if it's consulting, you know, whatever, media. It's just really cool to see and hear from other industry experts that I don't really know because I don't dabble much outside of personal training in the health and wellness industry. Podcasts are a great way to spend 20, 30, 40, 60 minutes and learn a little bit and just think about how you can pull those tidbits into your own industry. So how I use podcasts, I think that's the other factor there, right? It's comedy, it's entertainment, um, and then it's it's getting perspective from other industries. And speaking of other industries, one that I have been enjoying is the Brand in Bloom podcast, which is hosted by Liz Fleming. Uh, really excited. Liz is actually coming on the pod in May. Liz is a, I'm a digital marketer, digital media marketer. I'm, I'm going to butcher that. So I'll have her definitely explain it more when she's on in May. Um, but that is a podcast that talks a lot about digital commerce, digital media, digital marketing, which in personal trainer land is something that no one really talks about. No one really teaches us. So to hear from her as well as the, her guests, it's been awesome. You know, things like search engine optimization, um, branding kits, different things that it's, it's just, we don't do that, right? Like I'm a personal trainer. I teach people how to, how to move their body, how to lift weights safely and effectively and how to make lifestyle and habit nutritional adjustments so they can optimize their, their physical state of well-being. So um, those are some of the pods that I like. Strength Action, Brandon Bloom, um, Business for Unicorns, part of my take. I will say I have enjoyed uh, the How to Become a Personal Trainer podcast. I know it sounds kind of like a weird name, but um, Mike Vacanti and Jordan Syatt. If you do not follow Jordan Syatt on Instagram, you should. It's real, it's comical, it's funny, it's relatable, right? Like I think when it all comes down to it, like it's relatable. If you if there's someone talking about different things, different aspects of fitness, different aspects of business, different aspects of life and you can relate to that, it's more enjoyable. Um, and Jordan Sy and Mike have been doing a really good job with that podcast. So uh, I enjoy having that one on the background typically when I'm writing programs or something like that. So that's podcast 101. Okay, so now I have one last final thought. This is not one of the three things. Those were the three things. I have one last final thought. And this is where I have been centering a lot of my attention on. I have been publishing this in blogs. I have wrote about this on my newsletter. I have made my first Instagram reels on this. This is my one final thought for this podcast today. 
And I want to say, and I don't know if this is the right way to, to word it, but I believe exercise is being not villainized, but exercise is being mislabeled for weight loss. Yes, I said it. I believe exercise is being labeled um, as a villain for reasons why people are not losing weight. And this is why. One, weight is a result of energy, right? If you eat calories and you have more calories than you need, you're going to hold on to those calories and you're going to weigh more. If you're eating and you're eating less calories, you don't have any calories to hold on, you're going to lose weight. Exercise will inherently utilize energy, right? Moving your body, regardless of the means where you are, utilizes energy. If you sit more, that is less energy than if you walk more. That's where the 10,000 steps kind of has been popularized. If you run, it utilizes more energy than walking, right? Especially if you're comparing distances, etc. Lifting weights utilizes energy differently than not lifting weights. Lifting more weights, more work, more volume, right? More sets utilizes energy more than less sets. Okay. I think we, you all heard that and you're like, yep, that makes sense. To lose weight, you do not need to lift weights. You do not need to exercise to lose weight. To lose weight, you need to focus on your diet and being in a calorie deficit. What is a calorie deficit? Like I alluded to, it is saying if my body needs X calories, a calorie deficit is anything less than X calories. We know the, the adage of 500 calories a day is a pound of weight loss a week. Kind of true, probably true more times than not, but exercise will not determine that 500 calorie weight loss. Let me explain. If I am a 200 pound individual and I want to eat 200 grams of protein a day to maintain muscle mass, build muscle mass, 200 calories or 200 grams rather times four calories per gram is 800 calories. My, my total calorie intake is going to be greater than 800 calories, right? It's probably going to be somewhere around 2,100. Say it's, say it's 2,000, right? Say it's 2,000 calories. This is just easy math now at this point. I need to eat 2,000 calories a day for my cal calorie deficit. I need to have 200 grams of protein to maintain my muscle mass, to build muscle. That's 800 calories, right? So that's 10% of my, my, my diet, essentially. I think that's 10%. It's going to be really embarrassing if it's not 10%. 200, 200 goes in 2,010 times. Yeah, okay, so 10%. But the rest of those calories can come from anything, fat sources, carb sources. Yes, there's overlap there between the protein sources and those other macronutrients, but understand this. Understand this, people. You cannot exercise your way into a calorie deficit if you are still eating over your required amount of calories. It does not work. It won't do it. It won't do it. Do not villainize exercise. I, I bring this up. I bring this up because I have had countless conversations in the last two months. Clients, people at the gym, why, why are you doing today? They're like, oh, I got to just burn my calories. I need to go run so that I can burn more calories. Or I need my workout. I just I expected my workout to burn more calories. That is not how a calorie works. A calorie is a unit of energy. I just I had to say, I have to say it on this pod. I know if you've tuned out, I, I understand. But if you're still here, I love that. Thank you for hanging out. Just know that if you want to lose weight, if you want to gain weight, 
exercise the gym it can be a part of that it can be a healthy part of that i love that when people are coming to the exercise to the gym it's part of a balanced healthy lifestyle absolutely can do a lot of phenomenal things for the body but it in isolation will not allow you to lose weight you do need to be in a calorie deficit to do that can it contribute yes but you need to be monitoring your calories that is what i will say on my final thought okay okay i'm done i'm done i'm done i did it that's the pod today Three things and a final thought. I will be back with a guest next week. I hope everyone is well. And if you haven't, I think I mentioned this in the intro. If you haven't, check out the three workouts you don't want to, or three workouts for when you don't want to work out. Free product I just put on the website, purposefulstrength.com. Three workouts. And really, they explain the style of workouts so you can modify them for at home. You can modify them for your gym, modify them for what you want. Just they're awesome workouts to do when you don't feel like working out. Check it out, purposefulstrength.com. Thank you guys for hanging in on the three things and the rant at the end. Much love. Take it easy.